The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. I'm very excited about our guest today. A little different, um, but because these few months we've been concentrating on crisis communications, I think that Don Lipton makes the perfect guest. He is the Executive Director of Public Relations for American Farm Bureau Federation. And he's been doing this a long time. I mean, it seems that he has been affiliated with the organization since the 80s. I think you did this right out of school, right, Don? Uh, that's correct, Cindy. Uh, I look so young, I tell people they kidnap me out of kindergarten, but that's not quite the truth. I mean, it's very impressive. It seems that you, you're a native of Washington, D.C., so we love people like you because you're right in the Capitol, and um, you graduated from the University of Maryland, and you earned your degree in communications and journalism, and then, you know, I, I bet you that somehow, some way, you know, you heard about this job like right out of school or something, and they swept you up. Well, I knew somebody who knew somebody, and I was a suburban kid, grew up outside of Washington, and said, what the heck? And then, uh, you know, it was agriculture. I knew nothing about it. In fact, during the job interview, I said, heck, I don't know anything about it. And they said, you'll learn. And so if they were willing to take a chance, I took the chance, and it's been uh, educational and interesting ever since. It's an interesting world. It's a career job for you. Yes, it is. And, um, you know, listen, it's, um, you know, everything has its specialty areas, and I'm sure you know so much, even though coming out of school you were just a communications and journalism kid, you've probably learned so much about agriculture. So That's correct. That's correct. But uh, what, uh, how I uh, added value was I had the outsider's viewpoint and could always ask, the rude, stupid question, what does this mean? How do we explain this to anybody who's not from the farm? Oh, no, well, that's very, very important. The problem is sometimes people, particularly with trade organizations, or even corporations, organizations, think that the world understands their jargon, and they think that the world understands what they're talking about, and it gets just too technical. So they need somebody like you to, you know, sort of be the connection, the transition, the explanation, and that's why one of the reasons why I'm sure you did so well with the organization, aside from your charm <laughs> and smarts, but um, I could tell when I talked to you on the phone last week that you would make a great guest. Now, you also work extensively with the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance, um, and that seems to be an area of concentration for you right now. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? 
The U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance is a new organization that was formed in late 2010, but really just got started underway about mid-year last year. It is the first time in anyone's memory, and it's going back at least 30, 40 years, uh, where major farm groups got together to try to focus on communications. Uh, every one of our members, the farmers, say, why can't you all work together? Why can't you speak with one voice? And it's difficult. There's a lot of regional differences. There's a lot of commodity differences. So this is the first attempt to do that, and it is holding together. It is, in fact, a really a long-term reputation management program. Yeah, no, it, it definitely sounds that way, and, um, you know, I want to get into some examples. I know that we have a list of things that we want to discuss, and, um, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of misperceptions um, that, you know, you have to get out there and try to correct, and I know that we're going to talk about a lot of stuff pertaining to um, increased interest in foodie culture and, you know, social media, and that must have, you know, really helped you with communication programs, at least to expedite them, because you could have direct communication so fast. And then you're going to share how much fun it is to work in D.C. But, um, you know, perceptions. What, you know, what were the public perceptions? If you, when, you know, what did you find about the public perceptions? If you were to break it down, and what was wrong? Well, the American public holds farmers in high regard. They believe they have, they're people of integrity, they work hard, and they're honest. However, they do not like agriculture, the process of farming. There are things that bother them, things they've heard about for years and years and years. Uh, they're concerned about chemicals. They're concerned about the care of how they treat animals. And they're concerned care about the environmental effects of farming. These are legitimate issues, but we find that the positive attributes of farmers don't go very far or translate into the perceptions of how farmers are handling and dealing with these issues. Yeah, no, I, I and so what do you do? I mean, I'm asking you a very, very general question, but, you know, what do you form? I mean, obviously, you formed alliances with environmental groups, I'm sure, and you formed alliances with animal rights groups. And, you know, I mean, obviously, it was up to you to collaborate with these kinds of organizations so you can appear to be concerned well, about these issues and let the public know that. Well, I want to correct that. Uh, we form alliances where we can work together with these groups. Uh, one of the keys is, uh, do these groups believe that we have a right to exist? In other words, if you're a vegetarian and you don't believe anyone should be raising animals for meat, uh, it's probably going to be a difficult conversation. Yeah, no, I think so. I didn't, okay. I, I know, but there are groups that you can have conversations That's correct, that's with. correct. I mean, you can't win over, listen, if, you know, if you are a die-hard um, religious leader in a particular religion and you hate everybody else, you're not going <laughs> to... You're not going to win everybody. Well, boy, it didn't take long for us to go deep, did it? Anyway. (laughs) No, seriously. uh, So, I mean, we understand that you have to, it's the people who you can influence 
It's um, it's like any election when they have people run. There are certain constituents that you can't win, and you just have to ignore them. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of our problems is is the nature of uh, the farming business these days. It is. Um, I don't know if your listeners might remember that there was a, a very harsh farm crisis throughout the eighties. Uh, economic times were tough. It was a hard way to make a living. Uh, a lot of people left farming. Uh, there's been consolidation. Uh, farming, uh, with urban encroachment, the cities are moving out farther and farther and the farms move farther away. So, uh, essentially, farming is kind of an invisible sector of our economy. And that is too bad because it's a very large, it's responsible for almost 20% and related uh, domestic product. So it's a very large part of our economy, yet the people doing this work are largely invisible to the rest of the population. And what it allows is people who have agendas and people who may not agree with all the farming practices to paint the picture of the people who the rest of us don't see. So the real answer is uh, the farmers need to show up, need to speak out, and need to be more visible to the rest of their with their fellow citizens. And okay, so you, you set you prepared or recommended programs for how they can do that. And before social media was easily accessible and popular, how did you do that? Uh, we did a lot of media and spokesman training. And uh, that is uh, because the media, the traditional mainstream media was considered and thought to be a real perpetrator of some of the unfortunate uh, perceptions and myths that our people really care about. So, you know, the template was 60 minutes. Everyone thinks 60 minutes is around the corner looking for them. So we have done extensive media training in our industry. All the groups that I work with uh, in the alliance have done a pretty good job of preparing people to deal with the media. Uh, there's some, there are some challenges. Sometimes it's very hard for a TV network to go find a farmer, get out to the farm, arrange a shoot, and anything and everything. It's not as easy as a talking show, a talking head show in the studio. Uh, but again, a lot of people in agriculture have been prepared to deal with the media and do a fairly good job. Right. Well, that's you know that's good, and I you you got their talking points together and taught them techniques and told them how to sort of transition from the negative perception into the positive, and it's probably stuff that they really never heard of before. Oh, yes. It's, it, is, it is really an eye-opener when you uh, videotape somebody and then play back, and once they get over their self-consciousness, they do you know, get, the, uh, get the message that it is a particular skill, uh, that connecting with an audience, not the necessarily the interviewer, but the people sitting at home or listening at home, uh, that it's a particular skill and that, you know, uh, they have it within them to do this. No, but, no of course. And um, it's, you know, and then social media, of course, made it so much easier. Yes, it did. You know, the the folks that were not necessarily comfortable uh, either going on television or going on the radio or doing interviews, 
uh, have found a, found a niche in uh, speaking out on social media and connecting with consumers that way. And agriculture is a fairly it's a it's very it's a vigorous activity now. Uh, there's uh, organized groups uh, that do this at a range. Uh, in fact, we had a tweet up last night uh, with the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance, and there's a group called Ag Chat. Uh, that has a tweet meeting every week in which uh, people discuss uh, major issues, and it's not restricted to people in agriculture. And there's quite a vigorous debate going on, and you know, it's a way for uh, people to engage and have conversations you know, across uh, community boundaries. Well, it makes it a powerful community, and then of course, if people outside of the agricultural community um, want to chat about issues, they have a go-to place. And that's really important, and um, I, I think it's great that I'm sure that you've given them training programs and how to use Twitter and how to use Facebook and all of that kind of stuff, and they really appreciate it. Yes, and a lot of them are self-taught. I mean, a lot of these people are really, really taking a shine to it and are doing great stuff. Uh, you know, and this this connects to what the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance is doing. Uh, uh, one of the precepts of the alliance is that we have to have a better conversation instead of a war about food issues. Well, no, I think that that's great. Well, listen, we're going to take a commercial break and we'll get more into that in the next segment, if that's okay. Um, Having a conversation is really important and engaging in conversation and not having wars is important. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So if you can stand by just for a second and if the listeners can stand by, we really appreciate it. And we'll be back right after this commercial break. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Oh my God. 
Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Don Lipton, and it's really a great show, so if you missed the first segment, please you know, go back and listen to it because Don's with the American Farm Bureau Federation, and it, he's sharing some really great tips about how to take a group like that where there were some misperceptions and really help them engage with each other and with constituents outside of their organization and how constituents outside of their organization can come back and talk to them. We talked a little bit about using traditional media and media training, and now we're talking a little bit about social media. And I think what we're about to talk about is the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance, which is a part of all of it, and, you know, how social media has really helped. Am I right? Is that, am I picking up in the right place, Don? You're right on track, Cindy. Oh, that sounds good. You know, one of the things that we said when we were promoting this show is that Don Lipton from the um, American Farm Bureau Federation talks turkey on the show. I hope you don't mind the pun. Uh, not at all. That's not the worst I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't resist. Uh, but, okay. um, yeah, well, you know, talk again about how U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance have embraced social media and, you know, what they're doing. Well, the umbrella for the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance, the umbrella program is called the Food Dialogues. And that goes in line with having a conversation instead of throwing brickbats at each other about food issues. And the Food Dialogues embraces several programs. Uh, we have had a national town hall meeting with uh, people in various locations, like perhaps the old Nightline type of thing, where we had all day people talking food issues from various locations, and people called in with questions and social media and a lot of tweeting activity about that. That was a big event last September. Uh, we had a smaller event uh, just a couple weeks ago in Washington where we had a panel talking about these issues. Uh, we've had people, experts in certain areas available online uh, to answer consumers' questions about key issues. Uh, we have an ongoing presence on Facebook and in the Twitterverse. So uh, the Food Dialogues is a way of doing business as well as the umbrella uh, for the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance. And so, you know what's so great? I can't think of a better organization to use as an example for social media and how, you know, a trade organization, to use an old-school term, okay, can benefit from it. I mean, it's, it, it's so perfect. It's just so perfect. I, I, you know, you're bringing people together. You're bringing people outside. And with the food um, Twitter group, the chat rooms and all of that kind of stuff, any food issue can come up. I mean, we talked in jest. Well, it wasn't in jest. It's actually a serious issue about pink slime, right, because it's so sexy in the news today. Well, that's just so last week. Now, go ahead. I mean, well, you know what? It's, um, it's interesting yeah. today in Los Angeles, there's um, a big story because Albertsons is no longer carrying the meat. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, Morning News has nothing much else to talk about these days because everything's boring. No, no, boring. no, it's a story. I was just just kidding. <laughs> but again, um, there are yeah, there are a number of food issues that prop up. I mean, it uh, uh, people are interested, and in, it's a great thing. People are more interested in who grows the food, how they get it, how it's prepared. 
and things like that. And uh, we've seen great interest in it. But uh, we've have you know that is a great change in how to perceive the world from the farm from the farm side. You know, farmers think of their crops as commodities. Well, of course, and they are, and it's so important to the U.S. economy, and that's a you know that's a very big part of what you do, right? I mean, you know, just so important. There were so many misperceptions. I mean, not only within the U.S. economy, but exporting, right? That's right, right. People really don't have a great idea about how big a part of our economy uh, farming is. It has been the bright shining light in our trade with our trade balance. It's you know one of the few sectors we show a positive balance of trade. Uh, when I started way back in the dark ages, I think our farm exports were around $25 billion a year, $30 billion a year. They're now up $120, $150 billion. So uh, that's a great thing for our economy. Uh, our system is, you know, uh, an example for the rest of the world. Well, it is, and it's also it's a shining light in our economy. We're so sick of the doom and gloom. Um, you know, we're tired of it. And you know what? I mean, people, you know, say silly things when they don't really know what they're talking about. And you hear people, I think more, you know, about five years ago than now or ten, you know, you hear like, well, full farming's dead, you know, but it's not. No, no, it's a very vital, it's a very vital sector. I mean, the uh, the amount of knowledge, use of technology, um, the financial acumen it takes to be a farmer. Uh, people really have no idea. I think it came home to me, the suburban kid, uh, real quickly in my career when, you know, somebody said, you know, you don't know what it's like to wake up every morning being a million dollars in debt and not because you, you know, because you made a wise investment in your business. That's, that's quite a thing. It is quite a thing. It's definitely quite a thing. Let me ask you a question. If um, there's a crisis that arises, um, you know, you, you know, we talked about this on the phone. You know, we talked about, um, you know, mistreatment of chick of chickens, right? I mean, you know, and there's fringe groups that make accusations, and you know, there's, you know, it's something that you probably have to respond to, to correct, you know, the things that are wrong and try to make things right. Like, how would you work with farmers in trying to? you know, mitigate the things that might not be entirely true or, you know, educate the public on, you know, what farmers' intentions are with the treatment of animals. Well, the key thing, of course, is to find out what the truth is. Uh, if something, you know, that shouldn't be going on is going on, there's no way around it, and uh, it, it, it must be admitted to and must be corrected. Uh, some things, there are gray areas. I mean, uh, some of these operations are large enterprises. I doubt, you know, for example, that Macy's knows what every employee is doing every minute on the job in their stores. But again, uh, getting at the truth and being candid, being transparent, and correcting something if it is systemic. No, and I, think that's, I, and I think that's very true. You know that I grew up with your friend Terry Bunofsky at Playboy Enterprises, so you can't imagine how much truth we had to correct <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, we were never going to win over the people that absolutely hated nude women, you know, pictures of nude women, mm -hmm. you know, and, 
blamed Playboy for, you know, every evil deed that was going on in the world, you know, you weren't going to change them. But we we certainly were able to educate about our intentions. Well, I just read it for the article, so... Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Good answer. Good answer. Um, But, um, you know, it's... You know, you gotta... The truth is very, very important, and... um, you know, it, you you have to be bold about it, and I'm sure that you have to be outspoken about it, too, because the farmers don't want the misperceptions. That's correct. And, I mean, the vast majority of people are doing the right thing, and uh, they just do, they do, however, need to do a better job of communicating that these days. I mean, we're in a very noisy, cluttered environment, and... Uh, Frequently, the, the debate does not go to, this is not won by the silent uh, stoic types. No, you can't be, you know, you can't be silent. You can't be, you know, a quiet minority or a quiet majority. So um, I'm so happy to see that you're doing this with um And now, how do you work with our environmental groups and stuff like that? I mean, you know, listen, farming is a very basic part of life. I mean, it's one of the things that you could go back to, you know, you know, ancient times and find farming sustaining people, right? I mean, there's a history to it and a necessity to it. So, you know, I mean, what do you do when, you know, when groups have issues and they want to pick on you about the environment? Well, we try to find common areas in which we can discuss things. Um, admittedly, and you know, these these times, it's a tough it's a tough road. I mean, we are in a very, in case anyone hasn't noticed, a very polarized uh, political environment, and uh, there's not a great amount of shades of gray in a lot of our debates. Uh, yet, you know, the reality of it is that's where. Uh, most solutions are found, most practical, you know, things that are workable for all concerned. That's where, you know, that's where they're found, but that's not how the uh, debate gets transmitted. No, I understand that. So, I mean, but, you know, you find common issues and that's what it is. And whether it's animal rights or, you know, um, technology issues or environmental issues or foodie issues, you have to find the common ground. That's right. And uh, there is an interest. I mean, there's lots of discussion behind the scenes on what are called sustainability issues. And you could probably uh, spend uh, the rest of your life in debates about what is sustainability. But again, uh, coming to a common understanding that sustainability also means economic sustainability. Uh, we're getting there, but it, it is, it is uh, it's, we're just getting there, and it's going to take a while. How much international work do you do? Like, do you travel globally? Uh, I myself don't, but uh, our president, the president of the American Farm Bureau, does uh, somewhat. Uh, we have a great interest in um, uh, international trade, of course, because of its importance to the American farmer. I mean, the, we export about 40% of our production. Uh, so without that market, uh, we would be, you know, we would be not not in good shape, and because our domestic market isn't growing that much, you know, our population is fairly uh, stable. 
So uh, international work we do, uh, we're very interested and very active whenever there are uh, international trade negotiations with the World Trade Organization or the uh, individual free trade agreements uh, that have been struck in recent years. Well, listen, will you stay on for one more segment, Don, and talk about how much fun it is to work in D.C., and we'll just kind of like have a little bit of a fun couple of minutes about that, and uh, then I'll let you go because I know you're speaking to all kinds of groups today because you're a busy guy. Okay, will do. All right, well, we're going to have more with Don Lipton in just a minute after this commercial break, and it will be a fun segment. And for those of you who just tuned in, please go back. It's really interesting issues and very current contemporary issues that we're discussing pertaining to American Farm Bureau Federation and U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance. And Don's been with them a really long time, so don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back in our final segment, and I'm finally going to let poor Don Lipton go. He's probably saying, oh, my God, how long do I have to be on the air? And I have to talk in like with a group of people in like 16 minutes. So you're being very generous with your time, Don, but... It's going to be nice to have a, a nice little show like this that you could share with all of the farmers. Yes, I'll be very pleased to do that. Uh, they will see that uh, I have to put into practice what I try to urge them to do so they can grade me for a change. No, exactly. Well, you know, you're, you're talking about what they're doing proactively, and I think that we're reflecting really nicely 
what they do as a group. So, you know, it's all good PR for them, and I'm like, go Farmers. I mean, I want a bumper sticker. Well, I think we'll send you one. I want one. Okay. <laughs> but Okay, so Washington, D.C., I mean, I'm sure that there's, you're involved with lobbying or you have people involved with lobbying and dealing with political types. And Am I right? I mean, you're right. You're yes, we are one of uh, the American Farm Bureau uh, as a... Um, we have a group of lobbyists. We're probably one of the larger lobbying shops in Washington, and we lobby on more, you know, all kinds of things because they affect farming, tax policy, trade policy, etc. So, yes, we do. We we're involved with lobbyists and politicians. Yeah, well, it's a it's another side of the business. It's another side of communications. It's it you know it's different. You know, it's, I always found that the political constituents were a little different. It's um, it always kind of amused me <clears throat> a little bit, you know, because you go through the Senate and you make appointments to talk to people and you sit with people who are very well publicized and you do your time and then it's on to the next one. Well, that's correct. It's it's a never-ending thing. I mean, one thing uh, <laughs> about Washington and politics mm-hmm. is nothing is ever over. Right. I mean, you think you've settled something, but that can frequently just be the beginning of it. And so it's a constant battle to uh, get something or maintain what you've gotten and keep it. And uh, that's very good for the lobbying and PR industries. Uh, I'll leave it to anyone else to decide whether that's good for the country. But uh, it is. there's just more of it in Washington, I think, than other places. Well, there. I mean, you know, it's a, it's the capital of our country, and you know, it's where it's happened. It happens on local levels, like in California, it's Sacramento, as and you've probably visited it since there's a lot of farming in California, or had associates visit it. No, I've been in Sacramento, a lovely town. <laughs> I'm glad they're keeping their basketball team. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and um, and and a lot of farming, a lot of farming, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, California is vital to uh, the farm economy. It's a uh, it's a great place. Love it. How has how do you think that Washington D.C. has changed or had to change because of the proliferation of social media? Uh, I think it is in the it is changing now. Uh, it's a little early to tell, but I do think that uh, initially, uh, being the staid conservative place it is, that social media was slow to be adopted. But I think members of Congress, but particularly their staffs, I mean, the staffs are younger people. Uh, this is not really, soon we're going to have to drop the word social because it'll just be media. It's going to be the right. way we do business. It's not. It's really not something off to the side or different. It's going to be something people use. It'll be, it's something people use every day. So I think that's going to be more direct contact with the lawmakers. Uh, one would hope it will enable them to make better decisions. Well, I think that it definitely increases visibility, and it certainly gives them an opportunity to have a town hall meeting with all of America. And that's- you know, my my perception, it's very interesting because I watch it and I follow politicians just to watch what they do. Um, you know, and and, and, and it's so funny. People are like, you know, oh, my God, like, you know, you're following Obama. I'm like, so can you. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? It's like, okay, it's not, you know, you just hit follow and, like, he'll follow you back, okay? <laughs> exactly. 
Um, but, you know, it's very aw shucks. It's very, you know, you, when you're hearing from the President of the United States and, you know, you're, you're hearing, you know, almost, you know, five times a day, depending on what the situation is, but, you know, at a minimum, to hear what he's saying to constituents on, you know, that, with that kind of frequency, it makes you, it gives you the opportunity to most feel like you're living in Washington like you. No, that's fantastic. That is, that's, that's a great point. I mean, one of the things that was unfortunate in the last, uh, 20, 30 years that, you know, people didn't real, you know, people don't realize to some degree how accessible their government really is. So, you know, making a phone call was kind of, well, why would we do that? And sending a letter and email was easier to do for some reason. So people started emailing, but now there's such clutter. But again, their government was accessible, and now it could be even more accessible with social media. Yeah, no, and and I think people created that own their own obstacle and their own self perception, and I think that social media really changes that. You could follow any politician, um, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, um, that you want, and you know it's their they want you to their dream is to have constituents listen to them, no matter how many millions there might be. Yes. And, you know, now it's, you know, I think it's reminding people of what government was supposed to be, which was communicating to the people but reflecting what the people wanted. And um, it's so interesting that we saw it more in the early stages of American government you know, we saw it earlier when, you know, America was smaller. And then we kind of lost sight of that, but social media made it into a community again. Yes, that's very much true. I mean, early in the country, you know, they would, you know, issue pamphlets and have debates and uh, grand debates and town halls, but this is a form of that. And it's uh, much more quickly. It happens quicker. It can be more responsive. It's a great development. So, you know, I want to just say before we end the show and this show, and um, I wanted to see if there was any issues that you want to get out there, Don, that we may not have touched upon because you've been so generous. So make your farmers happy. What do you well, want to say? I would hope that people... Uh, Take a, you know, take a good look at, uh, consider where their food comes from, uh, how much effort it takes to happen. I think what people miss is the sheer, you know, the volume of food that's produced is just a miracle. And also how it's distributed to us every day, how it's available to us, it's reasonably priced. The choices we have is just a great thing, and uh, we just need to keep on um, with policies that enable us to have this. I mean, it's it, you know, it's so funny, and I have to bring it up since I have to kind of be contemporary. Um, you know, it's funny, The Hunger Games is coming out this weekend. And as you, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but, you know, it's a young adult novel and it's being made into a film. And it's, it's a horrible premise, but I think it's going to be really great for farmers. Do you know, really? what, you know what the Good. premise is? I, I don't, Cindy, honestly, I don't. All right, well, I'm going to educate you because, you know, you're going to, as the movie premieres this weekend, it, a lot of it is going to seep out into the pop culture, okay? And, it's a, it, you know, it's a horrible premise. It's so popular. The book was so popular amongst, 
young adults, um, and now it's going to become, you know, a mass consumer interest thing. Um, the premise is, and of course it's all fiction, that it, it's that um, it's a fictional sort of country where the capital rules the world, and there's these districts around the capital, and the districts, the capital controls them by starving them. Okay, which is really horrible, and you know, but it makes you want to think about farming and how wonderful it is, and sometimes how we take it for granted. And in order to keep fed, they have to send their two kids, twelve to eighteen years old, okay, into the Hunger Games, which is like a horrible gladiator thing where they fight to the death so that their districts can be fed. Think, I mean, the premise is horrible, and this is a young kids' book, okay? Mm-hmm. But, you know, yet it's been made into a blockbuster film. You're going to hear about it. It's going to saturate your, your airwaves because it's premiering this weekend. Um, and, you know, think about that premise. I mean, it's American Idol meets Gladiator, but, you know, lots of debate on whether or not parents should let their children see such a thing where, you know, they're killing each other like a reality TV show, okay, because it becomes the once-a-year event, okay. But... It goes back to how much we have to appreciate the things that our Earth provides to us. Well, I think that's a provocative message. And I, you know what? I think you have to kind of be... It's kind of a, proact- it's a proactive message for you, because I oh. think people are going to be talking about it on your groups, because there's a lot of people that have kids, and there's this, all this debate going on. And, every, you know, if you look at the trending topic, you'll see it's huge. I'm not, like, just a crazy lady bringing it up. I mean, this is, like, really, really huge. And it really, the positive message is how much we have to appreciate what we have. <laughs> well, that's a great message. So um, I will let you go about your day, and you're probably saying, oh, my God, why did she bring up Hunger Games? But it fits. It really fits. Well, I just, I'm about an issue behind on my Entertainment Weekly, so <laughs> <laughs> that, that's plain reading. Well, you know what? You'll pick up USA Today, and it will be the front page, and then you'll say, oh, Thank you, Cindy. Well, listen, Don Lipton, it's been great having you on, and I hope you enjoyed chatting with me. It was very enjoyable. Thank you. And, Thank you so much uh, for having me. Keep our farmers happy and keep people thinking about farming in a very positive way. Well, thank you. I'll do my best. All right. Thank you all, and everybody be safe, and I'll talk to everybody next week. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 